You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Check, mic check, adjust the level, mic check. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today from North Carolina, we're going to be talking with Joe Jones. Now, for the past year, Joe has identified where a big buck lives, and it just so happens it's on a very, it's an area that's a high population of people, and it is very parceled out, meaning all the parcel sizes are very small. Five acres here, 10 acres here, uh, maybe a 50-acre piece over here, but that's about as big as it gets. And he got a big buck on trail camera, right? And so what does he do? He brings more trail cameras into the area. He starts to identify this buck's pattern, and he finds out that he's going to definitely need more property and and potentially more access routes into this deer's core area in order to try to uh, get an arrow in him. And so today's episode is all about finding access, knocking on doors, trying to get permission on some of these other uh other properties and even if it's not to hunt like you'll hear in this story but to hang a trail camera and so it's a really really detailed high energy episode man and I'll, I'll tell you what man I, I get fired up in this episode because I'm going through something like that right now myself maybe not in the same environment that he's in but I'm trying to chase a big buck right now I'm trying to learn about him uh, I know through three years worth of history i know the the ridges that he runs and i'm really looking forward to chasing him this fall because i have a ton of information on him i got a picture of him let's see today's wednesday no today you're listening to this on wednesday on monday i got a trail camera picture of him right away in the morning and uh, so i know he's alive i know he's running these this this draw system that runs down into a, a river bottom, creek bottom. And uh, man, I, I just can't wait to that pre-rut time frame. I think that's when I'm, I'm going to plan to attack unless I start to see consistent daylight movement from him, uh, which I don't see happening, right? I think I think he's in bed right, right at daylight and he doesn't step out of bed. This is a guess because I, I don't know where specifically he's betting right now. But if I can get a picture of him like at four or five, 
6 p.m. before the sun goes down, I might make a move. But if not, I'm not going to go in there willy-nilly guessing where he's at. I, I want to I wanna know where he's at. And I will know where he's at by A, trail cameras, or B, you know, being in a tree stand and finding out where he actually is, you know, where he actually hunts. So, or hunts, where, where he actually lives, the ridge system. There's two options right now. There's one ridge to the left or to the to the east and one ridge to the uh, west. On a south wind, I think he's bedding up in there. On a, on a north wind, I'm, I'm not, I'll be honest, on a north wind, I'm not sure really where, where he's bedding. But I think I know where he's bedding on a south wind. Uh, I know some really thick spots in there. But now I'm just talking. Now I'm just babbling. Uh, today's episode with Joe is really good. Um, breaks down uh, breaks down the entire process that he's going through, and I'm, I think you guys are going to like it. Before we get into today's episode, though, uh, we're going to talk about the... Uh, what are we going to talk about? We are going to talk about Tethered Wasp and Vortex and uh, my new company, Full Sneak. So, Tethered, if you are looking for a saddle, saddle hunting accessories, I, I had my bow up, or not, yeah, I had my bow in the tree too, but uh, in my backyard, I went up into my tree with my climbing sticks and my saddle, and I'm starting to shoot out of the tree, getting comfortable, drawing my bow back and things like that. And so I'm looking forward to uh, you know, killing my first deer out of a saddle. And so if you're looking for uh, saddle, saddle hunting accessories, climbing sticks, platforms, uh, go to tetherednation.com. Read up on all the, the different uh, you know, products that they, they offer. And the best part about this is not only do they also uh, offer really awesome products, they also offer education. Right, so they have a ton of information on their website, on their YouTube channel that will allow you to become a better saddle hunter. So go check out Tethered wasparchery.com before i forget i have a discount code for this these guys uh, nfc20 for 20 percent off and so uh take a you know take a look over to uh, wasparchery.com i'm not with it today i didn't get shit for sleep last night and now my brain is just scrambled today and so i apologize if this intro has been low energy i'm going to change that right now and finish this commercial with about wasp uh huge fan of the jackhammer huge fan a uh, three blade jackhammer huge fan of the boss four blade uh if you're looking for a very high quality made in the usa product go to wasparchery.com discount code for 20 percent off nfc20 uh vortex optics man uh go check out what's some of their new products they got a a new tripod for spotting scopes and binoculars go check that out they have a new set of binoculars called the triumph hd uh, go check those out they have a new set of binoculars for their with the youth in mind it's a smaller more compact a very affordable podcast i i the the ones that they sent me i took a look at them they're built just like the other ones uh, all the other ones they make. And then I gave them to my daughter and I said, Hey, listen, this is your first pair of binoculars. Treat them, you know, treat them with respect, keep them clean. And, uh, these are yours to take whenever we go hunting, 
whenever we go on our deer drives, these are yours. And so she got a real, real big kick out of that. So uh, if you're looking for spotting scopes, range finders, uh, binoculars, uh, red dots, rifle scopes, go check out vortexoptics.com. And last but not least, man, I just started a company called Full Sneak Gear. It's an apparel company. That is where I am uh, selling the Nine Finger Chronicles hat. So if you go to uh, fullsneakgear.com, you'll be able to check out the, the Nine Finger Chronicles hat that's for sale. It's sexy as shit, dude. It looks really good, uh, along with three, three or four different t-shirts that are up right now. And as I start to grow, you're going to see like stocking caps, flannels. You're going to see maybe some gym shorts, you know, just what I'm, what I'm hoping to do is turn it into a lifestyle brand. And, uh, I think you guys will get it. You guys will enjoy what's, what is there now and what's coming down the pipe. You know, it's just, uh, t-shirts with sweet deer logo on it let everybody know that you hunt deer so uh i got i got uh, a lot of irons in the fire there so uh keep coming back on a weekly basis to check you know fullsneakgear.com out and uh check out all of the 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 gear that we're offering man so i'll uh, go check that out uh, that is today's commercials. Huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day. Huge shout out to Joe for taking time out of his day. Huge shout out to Tethered Watts, Vortex Code Blue, Woodman's Pal, Huntworth. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. And man, I haven't been in the tree yet. No big deal. It's been 95 degrees out, 90 degrees out, 85 degrees out. And I'm just really not that interested right now i'm still shooting my bow i'm getting ready one of these days i'm going to have to take a day or an afternoon and sit down and like get all my western gear set out make sure i have everything make sure everything works uh put together my my pack list and uh make sure i have everything that i need for when i go out west other than that that's it let's get into today's episode Again, I appreciate each and every one of you, and I really hope that all of you find success this upcoming season and slay a giant. We'll talk to you on the back end. Three, two, one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we are joined by Joe Jones out of North Carolina. Joe, man, how are we doing? Let's go. I'm great, man. Hey, Glad to be on. Hey, I, I I do want to ask you a question. Do you have a job or do you only take your kids fishing? <laughs> oh, full-time <laughs> job sitting around fishing and hunting. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Every time I scroll through Instagram, it's like your boys are catching something with a fishing pole. Yep. Yep. What uh, are balls uh, in their hands? Are are you gonna ultimately teach them how to fly fish? Yeah, Parker, my oldest, he's uh, he's seven, and he he really wants to fish with me. I already have another fly pole, so it's um, a little too big for him, but he's already very interested in it. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's awesome. Man, every time, I kind of feel guilty because I don't take my kids out as much as that. And, and I know, like, I just see how much here, – here's what I'll say, man, is when I see your boys out there having fun – I'm like, that's better than putting them in front of a TV or yeah. a 
you know, some kind of device, you know, they're outside, they're enjoying all of it. They're getting comfortable with it. And that's how you make the next generation of outdoorsmen. I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah, man, that's, that's absolutely kind of one of the reasons I started my, you know, my platform. It's, it's not to make parents feel guilty, but it's like, Hey man, I need yeah. to get out with my kids. We need to let them get outside. You know, we're, we're stuck in the house. Let's just grab a fishing pole from Walmart, some worms, have some fun. So I'm all yeah. about just like getting people to see my passion and, want to get outside that's really what i i inspires me yeah and i think you know there's some country western songs out there that that talk about it but like it's not even about going fishing it's not even about catching fish it's just about going out there and spending time with the the ones that you love absolutely yeah all right uh out of curiosity uh what do you do for a living I am in retail management. Uh, I've been doing that since college. Uh, my brothers did it, kind of like follow their footsteps. Mm-hmm. And I've got that bug. It's kind of a blessing and a curse because you do have to work some weekends. I do have a, a newer uh, retailer that I'm working at that, you know, I'm rotating it over the weekend. But um, I'll tell you what, it's a big advantage actually when in hunting season, if you're hunting public or private, like your pressure's typically on the weekends. But yep. my days off are in the week and it's like a good time to catch deer off guard yeah so it, you know being in retail, retail management has its has its ups and downs so yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say this man you you look at some of the guys who dedicate their life to the outdoors and they are in the non-traditional they're they're, they're opposite of the nine to five or the shift yeah. like some Absolutely. guys are like dude I love I love third shift because I get to go do this or I love swing shifts or or, you know, guys, who did I talk to the other day where he worked, he worked, he works at the firehouse for 48 hours straight. And then he gets like four days off. So he goes, he goes two days on four days off or something like that. And he's like, dude, when I go hunting, there's nobody in the woods. And if I, if it lands on a weekend and I go hunting, it's just, it's loaded. So yeah, non-traditional people, man, it's, it's, it's it's a it's a huge benefit. Yeah, before you know, marriage and kids, like you know, you'd have to work one or two night shifts, and during the rut and when when morning hunts were on, I'd be like, I'll close, I'll close. <laughs> <laughs> I'd jump with the chance to be hunting, you know, a full day uh, as much as I could to you know go and go and work in the afternoon. But yeah, yeah. Well, that's good, man. That's good. Okay, so the meat and potatoes of today's episode, yep. right, is. I mean, it, it's that time of year where, when is North Carolina's opener? So we, we, our bus season opened um, September 9th. Um, we have five different regions. We used to have three, uh, West, Central, East. Um, now it's split up West, Northwest, Central, Northeast, Southeastern. So um, everyone's bus season starts the same, but then black powder and gun get introduced a lot earlier on the Eastern uh, side of the state. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're in it. Yeah. And I've talked to some guys, uh, in North Carolina, actually pretty fairly recently within the last couple months. And, you know, here's what I'm trying, like the, the more that I do this podcast, the more detail I get out of all these States and dude, and I'm not saying comparable to Iowa, Illinois, Kansas, but there's really good deer hunting in other States outside of the traditional big buck Midwest, 
right? Yeah. And so, and, and we're going to talk about that today. Um, historically, what would be a good year of deer hunting for you? Uh, as far as like just shooting multiple bucks or well quality quality so you know quality quantity that kind of stuff yeah so you did have a guy from north carolina uh talked about we did have four buck tags i can't remember what year it was in it was kind of like um when it changed the two buck tags it was kind of around 2010 ish in that range um and since then the next i would say 2015 16 you started seeing some hammers getting killed consistently. I'm, yeah. I'm saying, you know, a 200 inch deer in Iowa is, is, you know, it's rare to have it, but you can see three, four, five, six, seven, those killed uh, most likely. But in North Carolina, you might get one every couple of years, but we've had almost one killed every year. We just had one actually killed on opening day weekend um, yeah. in Belvin. So, yeah. Um, a 150 inch deer is, way above average in iowa that's probably your normal three-year-old but if i can shoot 150 inch deer if i see it he's getting an arrow yeah um your average buck is like you know 120s is a good deer it's a great deer yeah um in north carolina um our you know population of deer central is is very you know overpopulated specifically where i hunt um one of my properties the deer population is 45 to 50 deer per square mile and they actually have an urban archery season so yeah we have a lot of deer in north carolina and um i think the state is doing a lot of great things and it's kind of mimicking other states if we went to one buck tag i think it would just get even better yeah yeah um you know it's it's hit and miss right because in certain parts of the east coast you have high densities of people you also mm-hmm. have high density of deer which you would think would even out right but i feel like and i want you to correct me if i'm wrong here i feel like with high density of people also comes smaller parcel size and so unless you're being proactive and knocking on doors constantly to gain acreage an eastern hunter may be limited to fewer fewer acres so east eastern North Carolina, I mean, of course, closer to the beach, um, it has actually some good ag, and it, you know, you've got a bunch of clubs. You got your dog, your dog um, hunting clubs are east and west, where they allow dog hunting. No dog hunting central central North Carolina, but they have some big tracks. Like I'm talking two thousand acre hunt clubs, okay. two thousand hunt clubs. Um, so I don't, I don't, I think it comes down to you know, I don't study all that, but the soil there's something about central northern part closer to virginia where the deer are just so much bigger and then western north carolina has some bigger deer um but on the flip side of that in these suburban areas where i'm specifically hunting um these bucks are getting away with uh no hunting pressure because you know who's thinking of hunting in people's backyards um that's a little bit more urban but the areas i'm hunting in is 2015 10 10 acre plots but um I don't know. Eastern North Carolina does have a lot, a lot more spread out uh, than you think, but I don't know. The deer just aren't that big. Yeah. Okay. And so you mentioned a very high deer density. Um, mm-hmm. I just got off the phone or I recorded a podcast a couple weeks ago with some guys up in Pennsylvania that hunt urban areas too. And they they actually hunt. Uh, they, I think the one guy said he shot 22 deer, 
22 or 24 deer in one year. Um, he's, yeah. he's part of an organization that helps uh, thin the population. And it seems like that rebounds every year. It, like yeah. they'll take out 20 and 20 more will re- replace it. And then they, it's just, they keep going and keep going. Are you finding that the deer are in, in the, the properties that you hunt overpopulated to the point of destroying the, the ecosystem that they live in? Um, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be, I'm not in tune with that so much, but I would definitely believe that, you know, since, you know, the, the town I'm in or the town I hunt in, um, a lot of neighbors were upset about, um, you know, flowers and, and yeah. just their gardens getting destroyed. Um, ecosystem, I'm not quite sure, uh, but I know a lot of neighbors were getting, getting a little annoyed and ticked off. And I think that's why they allowed urban hunting in, in this town, uh, that I hunt close to. Yeah. Um, since mid two thousands. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So let's talk about the terrain. Um, mm-hmm. you mentioned Eastern North Carolina has some ag. We all know Western North Carolina has, you know, some of the Appalachian yeah. mountains running through yeah. it. What's the central part like uh, specifically where you hunt? Um, it is, it's got some ag in there, but it's a mixture. I mean, you've got some swamps. Um, you've got, uh, really good hardwoods, um, some good oak transitions pines i mean it's kind of a mixture of everything and then you like every area i hunt is got a lot of ridge systems in there which is you know beneficial to you know hunting mm-hmm. uh, but it's a mixture there's really like i could hunt uh an ag you know field and it'd be flat i got another property where i'm you know going up 20 30 feet in elevation you know up and down and ridges so it's a mixture and then i could have a swamp on the other end of the property um, where it's just thick and nasty where you would think we'd be betting. So yeah. um, it's a mixture. Okay. All right. So now let's get into this, this season, this upcoming season. Um, are, are the, are the properties that we are about to discuss properties that you have hunted in the past? Um, different chunks. Yes. In the last okay. five, I would say five, six years I've gotten permission and then just getting more confidence in knocking on doors. The area I'm in, um, I have this kind of mentality. Like they're you know a little more liberal. They feed the deer. They're their pets. So yeah. I've always been intimidated to kind of knock on doors. In some of these areas, um, I just knocked on a door and got permission. To, I wouldn't. I would probably say the house was like five million dollars or plus. So yeah. The you know I've gotten some new spots that you know it's just going to help me kind of get closer to the you know the, the buck I'm after, but. Uh, I've been hunting one spot five years, but not really even scratching the surface of of these new properties that is going to allow me to, to, to zero in on this buck. Okay. All right. So with that said, then, some of these parcels you've had permission on, but yep. in when you're starting to put the strategy together, okay, let's, let's start over here. What I want to say is you've had, a, you've had some of these properties for a while. Is it because of this buck that we're going to be talking about you decided to start knocking on the surrounding properties to gain more access? Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. So walk us through the timeline here. When did you first know about this buck that we're going to be talking about? Uh, Last year popped out on the, I think, so last year is when he popped up, um, popped up in june 
um, stayed a lot to August, but then three to three other mature bucks kind of uh, moved in, and he ghosted in August last year. I didn't see him again until the season was over in January. So I'm like, oh, he made it. But which is kind of like it just put me into like, where is he? Why did he leave? Where did he go? So it's like I'm not where he is. I'm not where his bedroom is. I'm not close. I do believe um, it is some of his summer core area, and that led me to start asking and expand my area because I'm, I'm literally I'm I just you know like I can't kill this buck if I'm not where he lives. So right, right. I had to. Okay, so you got a picture of him. How many acres? is the property that you got the picture on 20 i think 25 it's it's split up between um a family okay um, so i i have my the the access i use is 30 acres and that's actually um like third cousin removed so okay that doesn't really hold the deer they do access their fields they have cows in there um but the adjacent property is where i'm i found these deer and located them. so that's kind of um, one parcel, I believe, is 25, another is like 15, another is 10. So probably total around 50 acres um, that I'm that I found him on. Okay, found him on. So 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 50 acres, you found him on that you've had yep. permission to hunt previously yep. to this year. Okay, so 50, he's he's on 50 acres. That's multiple parcels, multiple landowners. Yep. Okay, and so you're starting to put the pieces of the puzzle together on, on this buck. What did you need to happen in your opinion to get closer to his core area? Everyone to say yes, that I knock on the door. <laughs> Easy, right? So, uh, he, this, this specific buck was coming and he shifted, he shifted now. Uh, he was coming West Northwest and there was this property that, um, I've been trying to contact um, that was just west of kind of where I, I started finding him and then kind of pushed in a little bit further north, northwest to, fit, to find him. Um, so I go through um, the, the, you know, the dirt road to where multiple houses are and I see his gate open. I'm like, oh, he's here. Like, I've never seen this guy. He's got an RV. Um, he he um, only goes there on the weekend because it's a, there's a college town close by, so he'll go to the football game. So he comes and goes a couple times um, through the fall season. So I luckily saw his gate open, went in there, and he wasn't there. So I left a note and said, hey, you know, I'm a Jason property owner. Uh, can you give me a call? And lo and behold, he called me back, and that opened a window. So further west of uh, that that piece that had uh, the 50 acres of permission, I started getting more pictures, and then I noticed – He's coming northwest, um, and I know at least six years ago I'd already had asked the gentleman that he's got at least 30 acres that would really put me in his, his spot of where he was uh, coming from about three weeks ago, and that guy does not allow hunting. But he, he did give me permission to at least access if I shoot the deer, so that's a good oh, thing. Okay. Well, that yeah, that's definitely good. And so this guy with the trailer, mm-hmm. how many acres did you gain by getting permission from that piece? 20. 20. Okay. So now you're sitting at 70, roughly mm-hmm. 70 acres, um, on, on this, the guy, the other guy, uh, that you talked to said no, but he gave you permission to hop the fence. If you shot him, correct. They shot, yeah. shot, shot a deer. Okay, cool. All right. Now here's, here's one thing 
that tends to happen. And I, I mean, it happens even in Iowa on 800 acres, right? Yeah. People start to talk and people are, yeah. are, are like, Hey, did this guy knock at your door? Because he's hunting. Well, he's hunting here too. Well, he's hunting here too. Oh he, yeah. He asked me, but I said, no. And what that does yeah. is people are, people go, well, maybe he's on something. Maybe he's on yeah. something big. You know what I mean? Maybe there's a big buck in here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you started running into any complications with either people calling you back or or pulling permission away from you so that another friend or family member can hunt it? No. Um, so, you know, I'm not giving to it because at the end of the day, it's a deer, right? And, right. you know, we're serious hunters. Um, we want to take it down. But, like, my passion is, you know, that someone has a great experience and harvest it. Um, so in trying to figure out where this deer was located, you know, I started in June, really started going in and trying to figure out his path. But he's got, I could not figure out where he was coming from. Was it west, northwest? You know, I think he does this circular route. So I was trying to figure out where he was coming from. So he started coming from the south a lot. And I was like, oh, he's coming from across the road. That's what he's doing in, in, in one of his routes. So I started to kind of look at plots and already put a seed in a property. I think it's 15 acres last year and the son was living on it. I said, I don't know if my parents would allow hunting. Let me get back to you. Give me your number. Um, that fizzled out. Yep. Um, so then I went back to the drawing board and just trying to figure out this parcel. So there is a giant parcel, um, probably, I would probably say not even 50, 60 acres back further south of this road mm-hmm. um, that a big family hunts. Like I, I've um, looked on, you know, I use hunt stand, all the different apps, but hunt stand, I'm looking at the property, you know, lines and owners and, you know, knock on those doors. Like, yeah, man, we hunt a lot. I'm like, Oh, that's not good. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, when I'm seeing these bucks and I'm not getting like, um, these guys, I got to be taking them out. So I've been trying to steer away from that family and, and knocking on those doors and kind of tipping them off. But I'm pretty yeah. sure they're seeing some of the bigger deers. But back to figuring out this buck, I thought he was coming from across the road. I, you know, I saw a really close property to the road, five acres, and ended up there was a hunter there. Um, friendly, not the guy that owns the property, but um, the other guy, uh, veteran that hunts the property. And I was kind of like poking and prodding, saying, you know, has he killed anything big? What's he seen? Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's all right. He's, he, I think he's killed maybe like, you know, a buck a couple years ago. So I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, I think he, this guy would tell me, and actually this guy ended up going uh, dove hunting with me um, on the dove opener uh, three weeks back, uh, Labor Day hunt. So, um, and then, so I didn't get to hunt that property. And then I went further kind of towards the direction southeast to figure out, okay, maybe he's coming here. Uh, a lot of small parcels I couldn't get to, but I started looking at bigger chunks, 10, 15, 20 acres. And I found a couple that I was like, oh, these would be good. And I mustered up the courage. You know, I'm going in people's driveways. It's like, these guys are going to think I'm crazy. Like, um, what kind of reaction am I going to get? Because, you know, asking permission can in suburban areas can be, um, it could be tough on you uh, on mentally as far as, like, these guys are going to shout at me. Because there's, there's a lot of horror stories out there where people will call the cops on you or scream at you, don't kill my deer. There's dude, all these situations in my head. So I knock on this door, and she's like, hey, how are you doing? And I did my spill, and she was like, yeah, I got a guy that hunts. He, you know, shoots – He's he's a he's a good hunter. He shoots almost you know a deer every every time he hunts. I'm like oh, and just like my heart sinks. <laughs> like, oh, no. 
Um, so I didn't really kind of prod there, um, but I do think that guy's a bow hunter. Um, hopefully, he overhunts to where that buck doesn't come his way. Yeah. Uh, so cross that off the list. I've got now. I've got a family of hunters that own at least two hundred acres, um, and then these small plots of ten and fifteen to at least two more hunters. Um, I did get a piece further east across the road, southeast. Uh, around those two properties that total 30 acres so i've got 30 acres locked in but i've not i've got one cell camera there and i haven't spent much time because i i dropped off him coming from the south um i know i'm going everywhere but right along the road uh, before you go over south of the road there's um a 20 acre plot that are is getting developed so I think he's changed his route. He's not coming south anymore. So I've shifted my focus to northwest, north, northeast to get permission. Gotcha. All right. So you you did get about 30 acres, but you mentioned that you don't feel like he visits that place quite that yeah. often. Okay. I guess now we're at about 100. Yeah so, yeah. so now we're at 100, though. Uh, and, you yeah. know, it's always great to have – 30 more acres yeah. just in case you bump him or mm-hmm. somebody bumps him where he stops showing up. Now, what, as far as the acreages that you, let me, let me back up. Have you, have you gained any more permission? Yes, I did. You did. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I did. Um, so it is, it is tiny, but it was, a it was a really good window. Like I have, um, really kind of dialed in where I think this buck is living and it's just a matter of connecting with the landowners mm-hmm. um they're so these this north of me where I know he's coming from these these houses are big I'm talking low-end five to ten million dollar houses so um these people are probably have multiple houses so every time I go through they're not they're not home they're not there so it's like uh uh, they're probably like, why is this guy coming through with his truck, you know, every two or three weeks? <laughs> like, I'm trying to get permission. Yeah. Um, so I started looking past those properties, um, and I noticed a big um, 29, p- 29 acre trunk and a 15 acre trunk that um, is kind of in the middle of these neighborhoods um, that are like one acre lots. So I'm like, if I was him, and I know these people don't hunt, I just know they don't hunt this is his honey hole. He's, he's got this piece of property uh, that he can hide out. And then when he wants to feed or check on the does, like my area is very doe heavy. I think I've hunted three sits so far and I've seen almost 12 to 15 does every sit. Um, so I'm in the honey hole for rut, but I'm just not in his bedroom. He's just coming through and, and, and kind of checking things out. Yeah. Um, so I looked at these two properties. And I'm like, it's got an LLC attached. I'm not going to say the name, but I'm like, this sounds like a lawyer. So I did my, my Googles. I actually went on LinkedIn. Just gave you guys a, a tip there. Uh, yep. Just looking at people. I'm like, so I found this. Uh, I'm telling this story, and hunters know if you're dedicated, you're going to do what needs to be done, especially in these suburban areas. So I'm giving some tips here. Uh, my wife's like, you're crazy. You're like a, you know, you rock. So I rocked up to um, the location of the address that Hunt Stan showed me, and it was an office. So I'm like, this guy's probably a lawyer. So I found out he's uh, high up in a restaurant, um, chain restaurant industry. So I rocked up there. 
you know, pulled up my britches and like, I guess I'm going to do this. So I <laughs> run the doorbell that arena doorbells and multiple like uh, offices in the building. So I rocked up there and there's secretary opened the door and it's like, Hey, just wanted to connect with so-and-so and on his, you know, I wanted to inquire about his properties. Cause I, you know, I do have adjacent properties close to it. So I just wanted to chat with him. So I left my number just prayer in a wind and literally this was yesterday, actually. Um, he calls me back. I'm just like, boom. So just went into my spill um, of, you know, what I do, why I do it, um, why it's important to me. And he was like, I really respect that. But he said, unfortunately, they're under contract to sell. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, no. Okay. This piece of the puzzle was always there. And I just was so, like, just I've gotten to this zone where I'm comfortable asking now i've got yeah. my pitch down yeah um but i could have had probably had these properties two or three years ago if i was confident enough to, to just start asking yeah um and doing what it needs to be done so he let me know those are under contract i said you know um i didn't press the email but i said he, he did say you know as far as hunting activity i don't think it's best to do that um right now while it's under contract but if it um falls through or you know they do purchase it you, you know i will definitely give you the information of the the new owner so i'm like okay that's cool um but i did ask i said you know i know it's on a contract would you allow me to put cameras out there he gave me a yes Ooh. so i'm gonna put out some cameras um don't no know when, dude what no doesn't always mean no you know what i mean like like guys i don't i don't know how many dudes would have just gave up right there and not that said, was me and, two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's money, man. Okay, so you put so, you get some. Yet. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, so, I'm, I'm getting fired up now. We're not yet. So we're still on the phone. We're talking, and, and I'm telling about liability. You know, I'm part of the North Carolina Bow Hunters Association that you know covers you with liability insurance, which is awesome. Um, so a lot of people that are hunting, when you ask these small acres or suburban areas, they're worried about injury is this guy going to shoot through my house or shoot at people? Yeah. So you, you got to have that, you got to build that trust with them and, and talk about how ethical of a hunter you are, how you're hunting from L day position, yada, yada, yada. So he, he so he, he goes like this, you know, actually I do have a five acre property, which I never noticed. Yeah. Um, he's like, I have a five acre property that you might be interested in. Um, it's not on a contract. You can hunt that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I'm in. Yeah. So it's not necessarily in his, in his, um, bedroom but it's gonna add another piece to the puzzle yeah it's an uh, option it is an option so um i'm gonna stay close to this guy and, and you know hopefully not annoy him too much but you know i've sent my permission slips over for him to sign and just kind of hope this contract um doesn't go through yeah that's where we're at okay all right all right now trail camera deployment right you, you you put out the trail cameras and on some of these new properties that you have access to now uh yep. what did what have you found out this summer about this buck so um i started in so the first initial property of 50 acres right um that's where i located him and then i started pointing cameras and be like where is he coming from and i noticed his circular route is coming from south is he coming from across the road and then, of course, you know, bucks, you know, you, you know, um, and of course, I've been listening to podcasts, understanding, you know, bucks shift. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I am not, I, I say this jokingly, like the last, my last mature buck was 2017. So now I'm a professional 
trail camera photographer right. um, of giant bucks. Right. That's that's my life right now. So I'm trying to I'm trying to um, arrow a, a mature buck. Um, just kind of my experience is just kind of stair stepping and getting a better hunter and increasing my woodsmanship. So um, figured out where this buck was coming from. So I started shallow. And then when I figured, okay, he's not coming from the south as much, I think he's coming north. So I just started pushing and pushing and pushing until I reached my boundary line. And like, mm, I'm not worried where he's coming through um, every two or three days. He's giving me some daylight here and there, but not enough to be in his bedroom. That's when I started to shift west and start asking, shift north and start asking. Okay. Um, so he had a solid pattern. Three weeks before opening day, um, he was he was coming west northwest, exiting east, and then doing that repeat whenever he would come back, or that two or three day window where he would um, come in early morning, leave east, um, and then evening he'd come west on his daylight patterns. Um, so with that being said, I started shifting my cameras west, northwest to figure it out. And then that's where I was like, I got to get this property here. And that's the the 20-acre piece that I got. Okay. Uh, something happened. And, again, I'm learning. I'm learning. You, you, you know when that velvet comes off, you don't know what's going to happen. Yep. You know, hierarchy can change. It could just be their summer rains where they're like, pew, I'm going over here. This is my safety area. Um, so there were six other bucks that he, in his bachelor group, and he was the mature buck. So I'm like, okay. Cause last year he got kicked out. Like he, you could just tell him pictures they're posting, posterizing. You know, he, he would literally tower back. Um, yep. so I, I attributed that, that he was not the mature buck, but this year he is. Um, but then he disappears. So my last daylight picture of, of a pattern was September 1st. Um, and I, kind of saw him coming north leaving northwest so i figured out he was jay hooking into this area so that led me to believe he's not coming from the west he's coming north and kind of jay hooking northeast um northwest um and then his once his velvet came off he's not coming that direction he's strictly coming east northeast okay so so he's coming from uh the northeast into your uh, into the properties that you have access to. What, Currently right now. Yep. Right now. Okay. And so what what does that that pattern look like? How many days right now? How or when was the last time you got a picture of him? This morning at five thirty eight in the morning. Five thirty eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, so he came in mid morning, came in and out. Four days ago I hadn't seen him. Okay. And so four days ago was the last, before this morning, four days ago was the last time you saw him. And so that would have been yep. the 26th or, or the 16th, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. 16th. So the 16th. And then before that. I got notes on notes, man. Let me pull up my notes. Um, before that. So the 16th, I believe it was. I think the 11th, 11th. the 11th. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're starting to see a pattern here of four or five days, right? Yep. I mean, you're, yep. I'm looking, I mean, based off just those three dates, right? Yep. And so have you put that to a wind direction that he favors? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And what wind direction is that? North east. Okay. North east. That that I don't know. Is that a rare wind there? Like anything out of the east? In east is a rare wind. North northeast isn't. Okay. All right. So he likes a northeast wind. Uh and any and and did those dates uh those dates obviously match the northeast wind, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And and so now you're starting to get a pattern here, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's coming from the north, and he's coming from the northeast, right? So almost like the winds come. Northeast, yeah. Okay, so he's coming to a quartering wind, mm-hmm. but it's to his back. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. So you know this now. Can you? How do you act? How are you planning on accessing the this? this area now that you found his found his pattern roughly mm-hmm. right what directions can you access this area from um i cannot access it anywhere from the north northeast so okay. everything my my current access is south southwest and i could access from southeast but i feel like i'd be trumping through um, too much bedding oh, yeah. in that acre. So um, so let me back up on my dates. I'm looking at it now. So it was the 14th, right? Yep. Was was my trigger to hunt. So I hunted the 15th. Um, so it wasn't the 16th. It was the 14th. He came in at night. And usually in his past, if he comes in at night, he'll come in the morning and then I can, he'll daylight. That, that was my pattern. Like he'll come through. He's in the area. He might pop in early morning, like a five. Like he could, he could daylight today based on his pattern. Okay. Um, I can't hunt. Um, so I was like, "Honey, I think I can do this. I think it's gonna happen." And let me just tell you the story because it it almost happened. Um, but I'll I'll tell you what what did happen at the end, and it wasn't what it was supposed to be. Okay. So he comes in on the fourteenth at night. I'm like, he's gonna come in early in the morning that 15th and then he's probably going to daylight for me in the evening so evening set on the 15th north wind six seven o'clock i noticed you know of course winds can change it was going to shift at uh to a northeast wind at six o'clock and stay that way so access from the south um hit this drainage ditch and kind of j-hooked southwest and why I knew so I'd actually tested the wind and this bowl I'm in and how it would react, uh, which is another tip which I kind of like. Why have I not been doing this? So earlier in the season, when I think I was talking to you, maybe um, August, I went in there, kind of uh, on an off day where I know deer weren't going to be, and I tested um, the wind with the powder. I didn't have any. Um, what do you call those milkweed? Yeah, I didn't have any milkweed, so I used the powder, the down with powder, and I noticed on this northeast wind, it came across southwest, and it did this you like hooks. So I'm like, yeah. ooh, that's that's good, and it's not good. So, because I was planning to hunt in a different direction, so based on this knowledge of how I knew this wind would shift, and I knew, and I wasn't there enough to have that thermal pull. Mm-hmm. I just noticed wind in that bowl, bowl. So I selected a tree that 15th. And tested my wind, and it was going straight to this drainage, right? Um, so just the hunt was good. I started to see a, my first deer trickled in around 5 o'clock. 
and um, out of the middle of nowhere, this red fox. Don't know where it came from. It was right in front of me. So I'm facing, I'm south, south, I'm southwest, facing east, right? Because I'm thinking, okay, he's coming from this direction. So um, this fox just comes and scares this doe away. I'm like, oh, okay. She didn't, he didn't scare the doe. He, he ran after a, a squirrel and um, busted her off. Like, they're not scared of this fox. Like, this little red fox is my arch nemesis. He's in all my pictures in, like, six cameras. <laughs> um, so, okay, he scares her off because he trotted in after this. He sprinted after the squirrel. And then he leaves down the same drainage system I came, and he kind of just disappears. Uh, so now we're at 6 o'clock, 6.30. Two more does come in. Guess what happens? Fox comes back in. Bust those deer. So um, it's seven o'clock. It's getting crunch time. Those two does come back, right? And I'm like, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Next 15 minutes is going to be it because that's that's the he's daylighted at that seven thirteen, seven eighteen mm-hmm. time frame. Um, seventeen seven fifteen comes around. And I look up and I see a big body deer just postured up nose in the air and just watching watching for five minutes he mm-hmm. just watched I'm like, i couldn't see his antlers i'm like he's acting like he is a mature deer like he's just observing the entire area he's scent checking thermals are, are falling and when i noticed what my thermals were doing i was right beside the creek the creek was to my um west right mm-hmm. and this wind was coming northeast dumping southwest but it would pull west down into that creek or that crack as you would say mm-hmm. so my wind was good um this buck was scent checking and then he started to inch he inched in just co- took a couple steps i knew he sensed something was off but he was coming in and i saw i noticed another buck to his right so at this point i'm getting my, my, my mind right i'm like okay this could be him get ready um, I had a bug mask on. Um, Dan, I know you don't hunt down in the east. Maybe you've, you've, or I know you've hunted in North Dakota, but the mosquitoes are hell in North Carolina. I believe it. Um, I don't know if you can see my hands, but I don't have any. Um, um, oh, I, I see the bug bites. Gloves. I've got like 10 bites here. <laughs> I've got 10 bites here. So the mosquitoes are just trying to get in where they can fit in. So yep. um, this buck is at 40 yards right, and he's still kind of just creeping in. He's very aware of his surroundings and just kind of like know something's a little off. So I have my bug mask and I pull it off. As soon as I pull off, I look up again and then I see the two bucks and the does just bust. They didn't snort. They just kind of scampered off. Like what the heck did it, did my wind shift to him? Here comes a little red fox coming down the ridge. Third time he busted the deer. Um, But it actually wasn't him. It was a smaller deer, but I was like, my heart was like ready. Like I, it was, it was go time at that point. Yeah. Uh, and that fox just kind of ruined it. So, and that was on the 15th. And I thought it was going to happen, but it didn't happen. Right. But it was the, it was a perfect scenario that that third sit allowed me to kind of realize if he does come in, I'm in the right spot. That wind is perfect. Those bucks, those two bucks that came in, loved that wind. And they were part of his bachelor group. So I'm like, if it could have happened, this is the right scenario. So um, obviously don't want to oversit. So I'm going to be picking my sits and just watching right now. That's where I'm at. Okay. All right. So the fox is a problem. Hopefully yep. hopefully he shifts out of there or goes somewhere else. Um, hmm. 
do you think I mean you found so you're gonna you're gonna kind of play it conservative at this point and you're going I have to yeah yep yeah other hunters other hunters if I bump him it's over these small parcels you know I you know I don't have 100 200 acres to kind of um be aggressive if I wanted to I kind of have to play it safe mm-hmm um because if i bump him he's gone you know yeah. he could come back but you know mature deer they might not come back for weeks yeah how often okay so to this morning was actually a, a pick of him so the chance mm-hmm. of him daylighting tonight it is is a high probability but you can't because of work right family yep family yep. family okay all right yep that's... Kids from school, like my off days Thursday, and uh, I'm a taxi man. I just take my kids everywhere. Yeah, I believe and it. My, my two year old daughter is just kind of with me, and it's a good time to actually do some scouting. So, like now we're on this podcast from like nine to eleven is when I uh, will do a little scouting or check cameras because it's a good time frame, um, like the ten to eleven range. And then I gotta yeah. go pick up my son, uh, and then pick up my other son. And it's so my Thursdays are purely taxi and family. Yeah. All right. So what do you believe this buck is doing? Right? When he when he is coming through your area. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's coming through on the morning, which means that he's going to a different bedding area based yep. off the wind direction. And then he's mm-hmm. coming back through and at night, where is he like what's the food source that he's going to? that you think so um just to be honest with you in in north carolina you 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 can bait um i've experimented with baiting like i've been baiting you know for a long time and you know it's people say it's easy to kill big deer off of it it's obviously easier to kill deer in general um you know your your does to your yep. three-year-olds make those mistakes but your mature bucks can be killed off of bait but the scenario has to be perfect it, mm-hmm. it it you end you know people get lucky but to kill a mature buck coming into the food source everything has to be perfect for you um so he's coming to that there isn't any ag anywhere around for i would probably say 10 miles so okay um he's browsing he's eating browse and acorns so there's a lot of oaks around okay but, uh, but you do have a bait pile how close is that bait pile to your your stand um so i i'm using a climbing stand um i'm gonna get into mobile setups so you know met some guys that are really into it um so climbing stand and just i move it based on the wind direction okay uh, so i try to set up depending on the aggressive situation would be um to set up a lot of guys do the 100 200 yards off but a lot of the times that wind is going to go to that bait um so I hunt kind of pretty close to it, like 40, 50 yards off of it. Okay. Um, so that's where I'm at, about 40, 50 yards away. And so your plan is to catch this buck coming in downwind between you and the bait pile, catching him yep. at some point yep. coming in. Okay. All right. So do you have this bait pile? Like if I'm looking at a clock and you're the center of the clock, is the bait mm-hmm. pile like what number is the bait pile at and where do you expect the deer to come from and go to this bait pile? Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so the bait pile is, I would say, um, 12 o'clock, and I'm at my 3 o'clock. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. And so and so he's going to come from, like, 9 or something like mm-hmm. that, right? And he's going to come right. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so if this all goes down, how far do you think that your shot's going to be on this buck? Uh, I mean, the area, I mean, it's going to have to be 20, 25 to 30 yards. Okay. All right. And, and so are you kind of 40? It's, it's thick where that bowl is thick. So my further shot is just how thick it is, is about 40 yards. Right. And that's going to be a risky shot through, um, where he's coming through. Okay. Now, um, are you afraid that once the rut hits, it's going to be more difficult for you to get a crack at this deer. Yes, uh, just of how many deer our deer population. He could be anywhere. There's, I mean, there's no reason for him to leave because there's so many does. But mm-hmm. I don't know. There's he could be anywhere, right? Because there's so many does, or it's a free for all. There's six bucks in the area. And then whatever else is going to come in for the rut. Yep. I mean, you can have, you can have even bigger deer. Like I had um, last year one giant ten point. He showed up one day. Um, I think it was Halloween weekend and just disappeared. But um, there's no telling with how many deer. Like, I, I need to do some dumb management. But yeah, um, there's so many deer, so I don't know what he's going to do for the rut. Hopefully, he stays close. Yeah, absolutely. When do you, when do you envision this happening? Um, if he daylights tonight, the winds are, so we got some rain coming in over the weekend, which is youth day. I'm going to take my boys out. I've got to close at my, at my store on Saturday. So I'm going to take them out in the morning. Um, if he daylights tonight, there's possibility that he can do it again. Um, so based on the wind, it's good. It's the Northeast wind on today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tonight would be a clutch to go. Um, obviously it can't. So if I try to squeeze in an evening hunt tomorrow um when do i think it could happen i think you know signs being laid down like these bucks are, are uh, already establishing dominance there's new scrapes every time i go in the area i went in yesterday and found a total of six scrapes um and like 10 rubs um in this general area so it's heating up if it doesn't happen early it's going to probably happen um closer to the end of october okay and once once that first week of November hits, he could be going two or three miles away. Gotcha. But only northeast winds, right? Correct. For right now, yeah. Yeah. And and from what you've described, it sounds like it's gonna be an evening hunt. Yep. Are are you yep. are you even going to attempt a morning hunt? Um, so what I've noticed over the years is the morning hunts I say for the end that last week of, from like the 20 ish, 22nd, 23rd on is when I start seeing that morning daylight activity. Uh, I just don't want to risk it too much going in. Uh, Like if I was to kill him in the morning, get lucky and I have to camp in the like 4am. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because the trail camera data is telling you that he's coming through at dark right and then coming back out at daylight all right so if he starts to daylight in the morning and he comes back to his bed 
you know, uh, later and, and daylight, then do you think you you might throw a throw a morning sit in there, or are you going to stay true to the 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 strategy that you you have in place currently? I I got to watch. Um, honestly, I've got to watch it and and see what he does. Um, so it, it just I've got to watch it and you know. But that's the call to work. I don't know. Yeah, playing accordingly. <laughs> um, yeah. So so I did this same my last mature buck that I, I aired in 2020. You might have I probably exchanged some info about that. Um, same type of scenario where it was cat and mouse, actually close to my parents where I'm at right now on only 10 acres so i watched this book from early season he was coming in right at last light i never had an encounter with him until the the first uh the last week of october i'm not gonna get my dates right but i think the first day he daylighted was a, a tuesday and it was after a group of does came in it was the, like the first time the entire season that he daylighted yeah. Um, the only day I could hunt was a Friday and I'm like he's going to do it again the creatures are habit he's yep. going to do it again um, and he did the same thing um, on Friday I believe it was like the 27th 28th um, Halloween I believe was Saturday or Sunday um, but with that early morning sit I kind of have to see what he does because yeah. he's currently only coming close to daylight and leaving, so yeah. I don't want to wait for morning sit until I get a little bit more um, data on him. Yeah, yeah, I mean that, that's uh, that's the smart thing to do. I mean that's yeah. the smart thing to do. Well, man, uh, we've painted this picture, we've we've written the story, so to say. Now we just need <laughs> now we need an ending to it, right? And yeah. so I want you to go out and kill this deer. And then I want you to come back on and uh, walk us through the rest of the story, man. And, and I'm sending good vibes your way, Joe. I, I hope uh, I hope you slay, man. Appreciate it, man. I thought it was actually going to happen Friday, and we were going to have something to talk about a little bit more today, but uh, until further notice. There you go. There you go. Hey, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on and, and, and uh, share the story with us, man. All right. Thank you for having me on, Dan. Appreciate it. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode in the books. Huge shout out to Joe. Huge shout out to each and every one of you. May all your tags be filled this upcoming season. Uh, uh, or if you've already hunted, congratulations or whatever. Better luck next year. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, huge shout out to Tethered Wasp, Vortex, Code Blue, Woodman's Pal, Huntworth, and now introducing Full Sneak Gear. Please go check that out. And... Uh, other than that, man, good vibes in, good vibes out. If you're going to be in a tree, wear your damn safety harness. Have a good one.